Episode 172 of the Shock Jock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you. Another week, big week of Knicks and NBA talk this week. Fourth year we've been doing this show. It is once again time for our NBA season preview. We're ranking all the teams. I'm giving you an NBA finals prediction prematurely in October. Let's do it. I'm not wasting any time. We're not going to look back at any preseason games this week. I'm tired of it. It's time to talk real basketball. I'm ranking both conferences from 15 up to one. I'm giving you as well an NBA finals prediction as well. Why not? Why not? It's why you guys come here for this episode. I'm going to bring it to you. I'm excited. Uh, one little thing I'll mention before we hop in. A lot of, lot of injuries. So one of the biggest things I had to consider when ranking these teams is who's going to be healthy, who's currently hurt, how long could they be out for, things like that really made this very difficult to do. This is always difficult regardless. It's very tough nowadays to predict the NBA, which is why we love it. But those were big factors, and I will be touching on some of those as we go through the teams in the East and then the teams in the West. Let's start in the East. I'm jumping right in. Let's start in the Eastern Conference, and we start at 15. We always go 15 all the way up to one, and the 15 spot. I'm going with the Orlando Magic. Now, hear me out, right? When you look at Orlando's roster, the Magic have a lot of talent, right? Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Paolo Bancaro, Wendell Carter Jr., Markel Fultz, who again is hurt. There's a lot of guys where you go, Look at the future. There's There could be something here. But then you look at the coaching staff, the way the organization is run. And again, I'm not going to try to dwell on every team. I know, I know the last few years, sometimes when we do this, I go over an hour and it gets very long. So I'm going to try to go cliff notes here with some of these teams because I get it. You know, you're not always here to, to, to listen to me talk about the magic for, t- for 10, 15 minutes. The cliff notes with the magic is Talent-wise, this team just needs some time to grow together. But I just don't think the organization is set up well for even success down the road. So I don't know if the Magic will be a factor in a few years. It's just the way that they're run. It's not well run. But they're a good... I feel like on paper, there's talent on this team. But because of the way the organization is run, because the coaching staff is flimsy, I have the Magic in last. In the East, I believe that's where they finished last season as well. I'm not changing it. I think they stay in 15th, and it won't be down to the players. It'll be down to the coaching, I think, and to the front office. In 14th, I have the Pistons, and I thought about putting the Pistons a spot or two higher, but I still feel like this is a team that's maybe a couple of years away from making an impact again led by Cade Cunningham you bring in Jade and Ivy this could be a really fun season in in a lot of ways for the Pistons 
But with that being said, I look at I looked at their depth before I started the show. I, I can't see them winning more than 25, 27 games, something like that. That's not gonna get it done. Not in the East. Even even for the play-in, you gotta get at least 35, 37 wins if you're gonna be in the play-in conversation. I don't know if that's gonna happen. I feel like for the Magic and the Pistons, you're looking at maybe 25 to 30 wins, like max, especially for the Magic. But the Pistons have something good going on. I really like what Detroit's putting together. I think in a couple of years' time, we could be hearing from the Detroit Pistons in a real way. And I'm excited, actually, to just kind of see what they look like in a few years. But for this year, I have them in 14th. I think lack of experience cohesiveness but once they get that down i think we might see signs of it this year once they get that down detroit could be very dangerous in a couple of years so excited for the future a little bit well not a little bit good amount of work still to be done for them to get to that point i have them in 14th place now 13th this is where i started to have you know, the, the, the thought bubbles started to appear above my head because I, I've put Charlotte here in 13th. And this is a team that was in the play-in last year, pipped the Knicks to the last play-in spot. LaMelo Ball is starting the season with, with a few bumps and bruises, dealing with an injury. You know, he's day-to-day listed by ESPN.com at the moment. You look at Terry Rozier, right? Gordon Hayward, who's injury prone. I love Gordon Hayward, by the way, but he's injury prone. I don't know if he's going to last the full season, you know? And the depth charts I've looked at, Mason Plumley as the starting center. Again, solid NBA player. He's had a good career for the most part. I, I can't see a Hornets team making the playoffs with Mason Plumley as a starter on their team. It feels like there's work to do here if Charlotte is going to make up the ground that they've lost a little bit because of some... I mean, they've lost some big pieces this offseason. And on top of that, other teams that were slightly ahead of them or slightly behind them have added on. (laughs) So it's hard to imagine a scenario where the Hornets improve on 10th. But it's also hard to imagine them staying there. So I've got them in 13th. I, I think it'll be, I think from, from 13th up, these will be the teams fighting for play-in positioning, but I really don't see the Hornets making it. I think that you look at the depth and the fact that the teams I'm about to mention that are ahead of them, they've all improved to a certain extent. So I, I will say the team I have in 12th is the one team I think I would put in this similar category where I'm just, I'm just not sure about them and what they're really going to look like. And that's the Washington Wizards. It's a team that, again, you look at their depth. And listen, first of all, there's some pretty important players here that could be dealing with injuries. Chris Tapps Porzingis is a big one. Uh, Denny uh, Avdija is day-to-day right now. I don't know how long he's going to be out. And Corey Kispert, who could be a pretty important part of this team's depth. Now, listen, Johnny Davis, Monte, Monte Morris, we can't, can't forget to mention, Bradley Beal, Will Barton, Kyle Kuzma, Rui Hachimura, 
DeLon Wright. Good players on this team. They'll be in the mix. They really will be. I, I, Again, if they stay healthy, that's a big if. Bradley Beal, Chris Tapps, Porzingis are players with an injury history. And, and Bradley Beal's big injury has been a hamstring. Those are tough to get rid of. And Chris Tapps, Porzingis, he's been hurt almost every year he's played in the NBA, if not every year. Very important piece to what Washington's expecting to bring. So I, I'm maybe being a little conservative because at, their, at full strength, I, I could see the Wizards finishing in 10th. It's possible. No question. But I have them in 12th because injury-wise, they have two of the more injury-prone pr- players in the league. You know, and and again, you know, Vernon Carey Jr., Taj Gibson, these are other players who either A, are injury prone, or B, are older. So it's hard to kind of go out and say, the Wiz Kids, play in, let's do it. I I don't see it. I think they'll be in the mix, but I don't I, I don't think the Wizards will get there. I have them in 12th, just kind of missing out. On to 11th. And the team I have just missing out on the play in. And this is where I had a bit of a coin flip scenario between these next two teams. But in 11th, I've got the Pacers just missing out on getting into the play in. I think they could get in. I, I really, th- this is a very difficult one for me because the Pacers are good. Pacers have made some nice improvements. The, the trade that gets them uh, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald for uh, for DeMontis Sabonis, O'Shea Brissett on this team as well. Uh, I can't forget about uh, Miles Turner, who if he stays healthy, he's going to have another monster season as well. I, I really like this team a lot. And th- there's there's some good players Young players that couldn't make an impact as well, like Benedict Matherin, kid out of Arizona. Another former Arizona Wildcat, TJ McConnell, who, who's been great everywhere he's been in the NBA. So I, I, Daniel Tice, by the way, on this team for some depth as well, where you need it. Langston Galloway, former Nick. So there, there's some really nice pieces on this team. I think that certainly... Um, they'll be fighting for a play-in spot, the Pacers, if not get it. But I have them in 11th. I, I want to see how it kind of plays out with them. And for now, I have them just missing out on getting into the play-in. So who do I have in the play-in, you may ask? In the 10th spot, and maybe I could be accused of a little bit of bias here. Maybe not. But now that the Knicks have Jalen Brunson, a point guard who could really improve the team, maybe reignite Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, I'm going to back my Knicks. And I do this, I think, almost every year. But I'm backing them. I think the Knicks will be able to get into the play-in. I think the Pacers are their biggest rivals to get into that spot. 
But for right now, I, I think I think the Knicks are worthy of a shout to get into the play-in. I don't know what they'll do from there, frankly. But I've got the Knicks in tenth. I feel like that could that's a that's a decent spot to put them. It's a good place for expectations for this Knicks team. I think they could just get past the Pacers and get in to the postseason. And we'll see what they do from there. That that's kind of my mindset. If the Knicks can get into the play-in, see what happens. See how they do. See if they can get into a playoff series and maybe make a little bit of noise. But for right now, I have them in 10th, and I think Jalen Brunson coming in is my biggest reason why. And the Knicks didn't really lose anything. They just added a good point guard, at least to the core of the team. I'm just talking about the team specifically, not necessarily picks, anything like that. Listen, if they'd gotten Donovan Mitchell, I'd probably put the Knicks four spots higher. But I've got the Knicks in 10th, and I think that's a fair place to put them at the start of the season. In 9th, also in the play-in, I've gone with the Toronto Raptors. And one of the reasons I've done this, remember, Raptors finished 5th last season. But in all honesty, I don't know what to make of Toronto going into this season. Now, I still think they're a play-in slash playoff team. You look at Fred Van Fleet, Gary Trent Jr., big fan of Siakam and OG and Anobi. But a lot of their depth is a little banged up to start the season. Boucher, Porter, Malachi Flynn in particular. I just don't know about their depth in general. And I think that that could be a reason why Toronto kind of takes a step back this season. They're going to be in it all year. This is a team that really, you know, is going to fight you to the end. But to be fair, the Raptors had a really rough start to last season and had to kind of pick it back up late to finish the season strong. I don't know if this is a team that can do that again. If they don't get off to a good start... I think the Raptors could be buried in that play-in fight because of the teams around them. So that's why I've got them in ninth. I think that that's a fair place to put them at the moment with room for improvement. This is a Raptors team that could potentially, I think, move up to seventh, sixth, be in that kind of range. But for right now... I think I'm going to put them in ninth, and I feel okay about it, to be honest with you. So that's how I feel about Toronto. But again, depending on how the season shakes out, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors were a few spots higher in the standings when it gets down to the business end of the season. Just ahead of Toronto is maybe the biggest question mark team in the entire Eastern Conference. And you might be thinking, Sean, there's no way you put the Brooklyn Nets in eighth. And I tell you, there's another team I'm thinking about here that may even have a bigger question mark over their heads than even the Brooklyn Nets, who we will get to. And that team is the Chicago Bulls. I don't know what to make of them. I really don't. The early, early returns last season were incredible. On the Bulls. Tremendous. You go 
wow, what are the next five years going to look like for the Chicago Bulls? They're going to look pretty good. They got Ayo Desumu out of Illinois. I think that was a great pickup. Dragic and Caruso, Kobe White. They've got a really good guard group. My issue is Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan are banged up. Patrick Williams and Nikola Vucevic, that's a really... Like, most depth charts have had the five being DeSumo, Levine, DeRozan, Williams, and Vucevic. That's really good. But their depth is, is going to be a little bit tested. You know, you have Drummond, who's getting up there in age, Derek Jones Jr., Javante Green, Love Caruso, Dragic, White. I, I, I think there's definitely some depth on this team. But I worry about the stars. Can they stay healthy? If they can, the Bulls could get back to that sixth spot. I, I really believe that. But for right now, I'm tempering expectations a little bit on the Bulls because I just don't know what they're going to look like from an injury standpoint and, and from a depth standpoint. And listen, I, I get it. Lonzo Ball is out. So Billy Donovan is going to have to rely on Io DeSumo right now. I get it. But for the time being, I, I, I just don't know. I don't know yet with the Chicago Bulls. I really don't. So for now, I'm putting them in the standings in eighth place with, again, potential room here for improvement. Just ahead of them in seventh, and Knicks fans might not like this, but I've got the Cleveland Cavaliers in seventh. And listen, I, I said this, that the Cavs, because they get Donovan Mitchell, you would think they might improve. Uh, last year, and, and again, at one point, the, the Cavs were in very good shape to, to get above the play-in. Cavs finished in ninth last season. I, I think a couple spots higher is not far out of the realm of possibility. They won 44 games last year. You add Donovan Mitchell, I think you could bump that up to 48, 49 wins, potentially. That would put them roughly between five and seven. And I, and I think that what you, when you see what other teams around them have done and have been how they've been cohesive, I think putting Cleveland in, in the spot I've got them here in seventh is a fair estimation, frankly. So I'll be very curious to see how it all comes together. Darius Garland and... Jared Allen, there's some really good players around him. And, and we'll see, uh, uh, Mobley as well. Like there, there's some, again, talent around him. But we'll see. We'll see how the Cavs do it. They'll be a dangerous team in the East. But again, like I said, it, it, when the trade happened, I don't think the Cavs are any closer to challenging to be in the top four or certainly challenging to be a title contender in the East. I, I don't see that being the case. But I think that they'll be borderline in the top six in the East. I think, that they, I think that's fair to say. Again, until we see them struggle or until it's not what we expected in a bad way, where they, you know, they're underachieving, I think it's fair to put the Cavs in seventh. I really do. I think the teams above them are more cohesive, have more talent from top to bottom, and have more experience as a group through tough times. That's my differenti my differentiating factor here. 
So I've got the Cavs in seventh. And just above them is where I think you find the Eastern Conference contenders. There's six of them, I think, in the East this season that could go on and and represent the East in the finals. And I think the Hawks are my, are my first team on that list. What they've added, most notably DeJounte Murray this offseason, I think you have to put the Hawks in that conversation. They, they become a very dangerous team. And I'm going to be very curious to see if they can kind of put it together. They kept John Collins, Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter, Trey Young, obviously. And you have uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Justin Holiday. So th- th- there are Aaron Holiday. Both Holidays are on the, the, the Hawks. I just remembered that. The one knock on the Hawks is their depth. You know, I, I think there's some depth on this team, but they can run pretty thin at times. So as far as the Hawks, you know, reviving that crazy... Uh, Eastern Conference Finals run from a few years ago, I don't think so. But I think the Hawks are going to be very much in the mix to be in the top six and, and maybe make a playoff run, win a series or two. I just don't think they're going to get to the finals or the Eastern Conference Finals. That That's probably the biggest caveat I could put on them. But... The Hawks continue to improve. You gotta, you, you've got to give them credit. And adding Murray makes them very, very tough to deal with in the East. They, may, they become very strong defensively, in particular on the perimeter. So I think that was a big hole they needed to fill. And they become very dangerous in the East. In fifth, the Brooklyn Nets. I wasn't sure two months ago, month ago, where I was going to put the Brooklyn Nets in this preview. Kevin Durant was up in the air. Kyrie Irving was up in the air. Where are you going to play Ben Simmons, who is airballing jump shots at, uh, you know, at team gatherings with fans and stuff? Listen, I, I think Ben Simmons with this group could be just fine. I think they'll try to hide what he's struggling with offensively. And frankly, they don't don't need him to be great offensively. They just need him to do his job defensively where he's very strong. And if he can continue to get his head on straight. I I watched his interview with J.J. Redick on the Old Man in the Three podcast. Tommy Alter and J.J. Redick have a great podcast together. And it felt like Ben Simmons was in a much better frame of mind than maybe we were giving him credit for. So if he can continue to improve with his confidence and focus on what he's good at, this Brooklyn Nets team is going to be a factor. Make no mistake about it. So that's kind of where I stand. I think Brooklyn will finish in fifth, maybe fourth, and we'll see how they do in the playoffs. I'm very curious to see where Ben Simmons is going to play. If it'll be a hybrid between the one and the five or just the five kind of a thing I'm going to be very curious but for now I think there are four better teams in the east than the Nets and the other big question mark I may be putting a little too much on Ben Simmons here is is Kyrie Irving going to be committed this season now the hope is now that he can play 
anywhere and the vaccine protocols don't don't apply anymore Brooklyn becomes better but Kyrie Irving's been in and out of the lineup for a year and a half now I'm curious if that impacts anything on this Nets team and where are they going to be from a chemistry standpoint on this team as well we'll see but for the time being uh and again they 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 got the likes of Joe Harris leading the the group of of supporting talent on this team so I have Brooklyn in fifth and I feel pretty good about it to be honest in fourth in the east I'm going with the Philadelphia 76ers now Nets fans the few of you that listen to this podcast probably not a lot of you not gonna like that are we not gonna like that putting the putting Philly ahead I'm sure I'm sure Ben Simmons wouldn't like to hear that either I just feel like the Sixers are always going to be good in the regular season and then just underachieve in the postseason so they're they're good they're talented they are they're always going to be dealing with injury issues they're always going to be dealing with a lot of of problems with depth at times especially in the postseason it's not the same James Harden. It's Embiid who's you know running out of prime years here. They'll be fine in the regular season. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about them in the postseason. That's where they always underachieve, Philly. They really do. And I just think that this will be another year where they'll get in. Maybe they'll make a, a you know they'll win one playoff series and then they'll lose. I, I just don't see a Philly team. That's going to make a run of the, to the conference finals. They're capable. That's why I put them in the top six. But I, I just don't believe in them. I, I don't know if Philly fans believe that they can do it, frankly. So for now, I'm putting Philly there. And we'll wait and see. But I, I just don't feel like that's going to be the team that represents the East. You know, I, I'm just not seeing it for the time being. So... We'll wait. We'll see. But for right now, I, I I have them just outside the top three. In the top three. I'm starting out with maybe a team that is already being forgotten about a couple of years after winning a championship. You know, and again, they dealt with injuries last year. They still were tough to deal with in the postseason. Ask the Boston Celtics, who almost got eliminated by them when they weren't at full strength. But I'm telling you, people are sleeping on the Milwaukee Bucks. I've got the Bucks in third. Nearly put them in second, frankly. I just know that they're a little bit banged up right now. Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, dealing with some injuries at the start of the season. Chris Middleton is still day-to-day. I don't know when we're going to see him either. But for the time being, I mean, George Hill, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, Giannis and Thanasis, Sergi Baca, Javon Carter. You add Jordan Wara to your depth. My guy, Sandro Mamukalashvili, big fan, Seton Hall. Love. The Bucks are good. Bucks are real good. And I think that they're one of my teams, I think, that could get to the to the NBA Finals in the East. I really believe that. And I have them in third. I, I think that they'll be strong during the regular season. I think at times they'll, they'll need to get healthy. But if they're anywhere near where they were at the end of last season, 
and are a little bit healthier, they're going to be just fine in the playoffs. This is a team that is going to grind you down. And, and I think the Bucks, as they are always, are being slapped on here. So I'll put them in third and await to see what happens next, frankly, with the Milwaukee Bucks. In second, and some people have the, the, this team pretty far down on the pecking order. I, I think this is a make it or break it year as far as winning a title with this team. But I really feel like the Miami Heat are, are just going to keep on rolling in the regular season. Barring injuries to Bam and Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero and things like that, they're going to be fine. I really don't think the Heat will take that big of a step back. Will they get back to being within a shot of an NBA Finals? I don't know. Like I said, other teams around them have improved. But I've got the Heat in second, feeling good that they can maybe prove some doubters wrong this upcoming season. And I think they're going to have a big regular season because of that. They're normally good in the regular season anyway. So I think the early reports of Miami of the Miami Heat's demise have been over exaggerated. I really think that they're going to be, uh, they're going to be fine. I have them in second. End of story. That that's kind of where I'm. Not much else to say. I just think biggest thing for me. I, I think Duncan Robinson needs to find it again for for the Heat to take that next step in the postseason. But Max Struess has come in. He's been tremendous. For this Miami Heat team, they continue to find gems. So we'll see. And, and it's not just him. There's been other guys, too, that have contributed. For the time being, Miami in second. And believe it or not, and I'm even surprised I put them here because of the turmoil that they've gone through this offseason. But I, I think the Boston Celtics are going to finish in first. I really do. They've still got a great team. And I don't know if they'll get back to the finals, but I, I think the Celtics are going to have a point to prove. It's their, it's technically their third coach in three seasons, which is kind of crazy to think about. It was Brad Stevens, now Ime Udoka, and now Joe Mazzula. But I think it, it, for me with Boston, because of the, the foundation that Brad Stevens has left, whether it's Ime Udoka, with all due respect, he's he coached the team great last season, dealing with the issues he's dealing with, obviously, with the um the you know, his the affair that he had with a staff member. Um you know, brought them to the NBA finals in his first year as a head coach. Now Joe Mazzula comes in. It's the same coaching tree. I, I just don't I can't see a world where the Celtics drop like to sixth or seventh. I'd be shocked. I, I just think they're too good in that regard. And I think adding a veteran piece like Blake Griffin shows you that they're they're not worried about it. They're still going to go for it in Boston. Biggest thing for me is keeping their depth healthy. That That's what really hurt them last season. Robert Williams is going to be out for a long stretch of time, but I still think Boston is going to be okay. And... I was listen. I was stuck between Miami, uh, Boston, and Milwaukee for the top spot. Those were the three teams I was kind of debating over. Listen, could I see the Celtics slipping to third or fourth? Maybe. You know, Robert Williams is very important for this team, but I think the Celtics will have a point to prove. 
and I, and I think they'll put on a show during the regular season. And then I don't know about the, the postseason. I really don't. It's a big question mark for Boston. Cause I, I don't know. I, I, if I had to put my money on it right now, I, I wouldn't put them in the finals. I'll tell you that. And I'll get to who I would put in the finals, but I'll take Boston to win the regular season in the East. I think that, I think that's a fair shout. And if not them, it'll probably be Milwaukee or Miami. And then we'll see how it kind of goes after that. Again, unless Brooklyn goes nuclear in the regular season, and I don't see that happening. They, they're just going to they're gonna rest guys too often and things like that. I think it's Miami, Milwaukee, and Boston for the top spot. And, and I think the Celtics, Celtics are going to have a point to prove. Let's take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to rifle through the West. We're going to roll through it. And we'll see who's who I'm going to pick to make it to the finals and win the title. All that and more is next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. All right, let's jump into the Western Conference second half of the show. Let's run right through it. Again, we had the East in the first half of the show. We'll break down the West from 15 to 1, and I'll give you a prediction for who's going to make it to the finals and win the title in our preseason NBA preview. 15 through 13 are the teams that I think are really going to have rough seasons in the West. I'm not going to go into much of why. I think it's pretty straightforward. But I've got the Rockets in 15. In the 15 spot, I've got the Thunder in 14. I believe that's where they finished last season. And I've got the Jazz in 13th place. And a lot of what this all comes down to is lack of lack of depth, lack of talent, and dealing with injuries in some of these cases. OKC is not going to have Chet Holmgren for the season, for example. So that's why I've got those three teams at the bottom. Basically, Utah's going to take a huge step back without Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. It's in their plan to do so. Uh, so that's where I've got those three teams from 13 through 15 in the standings. I, I think it's pretty fair to kind of put those three teams at the bottom. I don't see much room for improvement there. The, the next kind of tier of teams, if you will, are all teams I feel like have a potential shot to make a little bit of noise, but I just don't know <laughs> kind of a thing. I'll start with 12 and with San Antonio. The Spurs are a team where I look at their depth and I look at who's, who's on their roster and I go, man, what are they going to look like next season? I just don't know. But as long as Greg Popovich is there, they'll be in the mix for a play-in spot. But I just don't think they have enough talent at their disposal to get there. We'll see, right? I mean, San Antonio is always competitive most years, uh, even though they're not challenging for titles like they used to under Pop. Greg Popovich is still leading them into this next era of Spurs basketball, and they're still competitive. So it's hard to not put them in the mix, but I just don't think they're going to finish in the play-in. So I have them in, 11, uh, it's just a, in 12th. 
In 11th is a team I thought long and hard about putting them in the postseason, putting them in the play-in because of some of the moves they made, right? And, and that's the Sacramento Kings. But I've left them in 11th. And one of the reasons for that is because, first of all, I think the teams ahead of them have more depth, have better talent. But again, the organization is not well run. They, they'll, they'll blow anything up at a moment's notice. There's talent. De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, we'll see about Keegan Murray, DeMontis Sabonis, Kevin Herter, Malik Monk. There's some solid players on this team. I, I just don't see them making it to the play-in. And I don't know when it's going to happen for them, but we'll have to wait and see. You know, there's some young players, too, kind of coming through the organization that we'll you know, have to wait and see about, you know. But for now... I've got them in the 11th spot, just missing out. And I have the Pelicans in 10th. And I, I, I go back and forth on the Pelicans every offseason. If they can just stay healthy, the Pelicans could finish higher than this. CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Valanchunas, Larry Nance Jr. in the fold. Devontae Graham. There's promise on this team. There really is. But I, I need to see it for a good stretch of a season before I put them any higher than 10th. You know, and, and listen, they'll, they'll get a full season, but is Zion Williamson going to finally be a big part of this team? How good, how good of shape is he going to be in? That's the X factor for the Pelicans. That moves them from 10th to 8th to 9th, maybe even higher. You know, then they become a team that challenges for the top six. But for right now, I have the Pelicans in 10th, you know, and, and I thought about putting them in 9th. I really did. I, I ended up putting the Blazers in 9th. My biggest concern about the Blazers is, I mean, they've kept Damian Lillard. It's the biggest reason why I've put them here. Nurkic and Jeremy Grant. Josh Hart's a very good player. Gary Payton II, I, I think, will add something, but is he going to be healthy? You know, how, you know, Justice Winslow is another. Is he going to be healthy? You know, Nasir Little's there. Uh, Shaden Sharp as well. And, and Anthony Simons, but... Can they put it together, right? And I, and I think with Damian Lillard, if he's healthy, I think the Blazers it, it, it should be a play-in team. They should be. They should be a play-in team. But the the biggest reason why I, I put them ahead is because I, I don't know what the Pelicans are going to look like with or without Zion Williamson. So until that happens, I got the Blazers just ahead of them. I think there's enough left with that team to get into the play-in. And listen, I listen. I can see the, the the Blazers not being there. The Kings are capable, you know. The Pelicans are capable. I, again, the team that I would just the, the reason I don't have the the Pelicans and and the Kings and the Spurs ahead is because of some injury stuff, but also a little bit lack of depth and lack of talent, especially with the Spurs in particular. So I, I feel confident putting the Blazers in ninth. And I will say from here on out, you've got contenders. In the West, real contenders. 
even in the play-in spots. And the first of those, and I'm, I'm actually a little surprised I put them this low, is the Timberwolves. I have the Timberwolves in eighth, and I was actually surprised that I did this. Uh, I thought about putting them in seventh, frankly, but for the time being, um, I'm going to put the Timberwolves in eighth. I'm curious to see how the depth with Anderson, Reed, and Rivers brings to this team. Prince, potentially, we'll see if he gets a lot of time, but it's a really good five. It's a really good starting five. Russell, Edwards, McDaniels, Anthony Towns, sorry, uh, Towns, Carl Anthony Towns, and uh, and Rudy Gobert. Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert are going to be running the show. And then I love uh, Edwards and Russell, along with Jaden McDaniels as your guards and your wing play. So this is a really good five. I thought about putting them in seventh, you know, but for the time being, and I, I think the, I think the Timberwolves could play themselves out of the play-in, put them in six. It's possible, no question. They're very good. But I, for now, and again, the other thing is too: is Rudy Gobert going to be healthy? That's that's a big question mark as well. But for the time being, I, I've got them in eighth, and the two teams ahead of them could slip below them. But for now, I've got the Lakers in seventh, and I've got the Clippers in sixth, and. The biggest reason I have the Lakers ahead is because surely they're going to stay healthy, right? But then again, I, I don't know. It, it's the biggest reason I didn't put them higher because Anthony Davis is injury prone. LeBron is at the end of his career, can't stay healthy. And they still really never figured out the whole Russell Westbrook situation. So for the time being, you got Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly splitting point guard duties. Kendrick Nunn, and Damian Jones, potentially, in your starting lineup. Maybe Thomas Bryant. Juan Toscano-Anderson. Austin Reeves. I mean, adding Dennis Schroeder is a huge add for them. One of the reasons why I put the, the Lakers just ahead of the Timberwolves. But let me tell you, I, I, I'm still really apprehensive about the Lakers. I, I don't know if they're going to be any higher than this. They could be low. Remember, the, the Lakers last season completely fumbled it at the end and missed the play-in. So this is a situation. I mean, Lakers lost eight of their last 10 to finish the season. It's also a Laker team that was 3-13 and against teams in their own division. It's one of the worst records in the NBA in that category. So they got a lot of work to do. But if LeBron and AD are anywhere near healthy, I, I think the Lakers should be around the play-in area, seven through nine, something like that. But for now, I, I'm going to give them the seven spot, knowing knowing full well that they could finish lower than that. The Timberwolves will be right there, you know. So we'll see. I have the Clippers just ahead of them, basically on the fact that it. Hopefully, Kawhi will be able to make an impact on this season. That, that's really what it is. And the addition of, of John Wall, hoping to, to help out Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, Covington, Batum, you know, Kennard, Marcus Morris, Zubats, you know, Paul George, Reggie Jackson. They've got the pieces. I, I just, is Kawhi going to, how much of an impact does Kawhi make on the season? Because if Kawhi's fully healthy, I'm telling you right now, 
if Kawhi was fully healthy, if you're telling me right now, no issues, I'd put the I'd put the Clippers in fourth. Right away. Put the, I'd put them at least two spots higher than this. I would. But for the time being, I, I'm going to put them in sixth because I don't know how Kawhi's going to do. That, that's really my biggest question mark around them. And I have Dallas uh, just ahead of them in fifth. It seems like every year Luka gets better and better and better. I think they're going to be tremendous again this season. Uh, not much else to explain. I, I really feel like they're going to be just fine. They lose Jalen Brunson, obviously, to the Knicks. It's a big blow. If they can fill in some of the gaps with their depth, I mean, Dallas could make another run at a Western Conference Finals. Make no mistake about it. In fourth, now I've seen some projections that have this team as, as low as eighth. And I see it. I get it. But if they're healthy, I don't think Golden State falls as far as people think they're going to fall. That, that's kind of my two cents on the situation. Golden State is going through some crazy stuff right now with the Draymond Green, Jordan Poole situation. I get it. But they're not hurt. It's not like they're banged up. And again, Draymond Green's got, he's, you know, he's still got some splaining to do, Lucy, as far as I'm concerned. But if he's okay, like 80%, even if he's dealing with, you know, the potential of moving on after this season and stuff like that, and he's not as committed. This Golden State team, you know, probably wins a championship anyway without him last year. I'm not trying to diminish what he did, but let's not, this is not the same Draymond Green that was a cornerstone of the three previous championships. Steph Curry and, and Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole and Gary Payton the second at the time last year, not anymore, obviously, but... This is a Golden State team that I think is still going to be very dangerous. So I put them in fourth. In third, a great regular season team that is due for a playoff run if they can get healthy. I've got the Denver Nuggets in third place. And the biggest question mark for me, it's the same thing with the Clippers. How much of an impact is Jamal Murray going to have on this season? I had the Denver Nuggets making a deep run last year, but Jamal Murray never got healthy. And that is what hurt them in the end. That's why that he makes them dangerous. And you add Contavious Caldwell Pope, Michael Porter Jr. still there with Aaron Gordon and the Joker. You add DeAndre Jordan. I think that's a great piece to have as, as some depth. If he's committed, he'll be very good there to have. Bones Highland, Bruce Brown, Ish Smith. Uh, maybe even Zeke Naji. I I like this team a lot, and, and I feel like they're due. And if Jamal Murray can get back to where he was before the injury, they could be the team that gets out of the West. I I firmly believe that they're good enough to do it when they're fully healthy. But for right now, I, I've got them in third. I've got them in third. And for the playoffs, I got a big question mark around them. I, I really do. In second, and I thought about putting this team lower because of the rough offseason they've had and the rough way their season came to a close against Dallas in Game 7. But I, I still think Phoenix is going to be fine in the regular season. 
What will they be like in the playoffs? What will they be like at times during the regular season? Can they figure it out? We'll see. We'll see. There's big ifs surrounding them. No mistake about it. But I still think they're arguably the best team in the West. I really do. They'll certainly put up big regular season numbers. But I I, I have them in second. And I think there's going to be a new ruler in the West for this upcoming regular season. I'm putting the Memphis Grizzlies in first. And I think this could be a huge year for the Memphis Grizzlies. They were really hard done by with the John Moran injury in the playoffs last season. They were one of the best regular season teams a year ago. As long as they keep it together, man, this Memphis team is going to challenge for NBA titles. Make no mistake about it. And I've already, you know what? I might as well lead this in. I have the Memphis Grizzlies making it to the NBA finals this season. I think the Memphis Grizzlies are my team out of the West. And it, listen, last year they lost John Moran at the worst possible time in that Golden State series, and the Warriors took full advantage of it. They really they rolled them without him. If he's healthy, that goes seven games, and I don't know what happens. But I, I firmly believe this could be Memphis's year. I really do. Who they will face? You may have already kind of gained a little bit of a hint by the way I talked about them in the first half of the show. I think it's going to be a Milwaukee-Memphis NBA Finals, and I'm picking the Grizz to win the title. That's my preseason prediction for the NBA Finals. It's going to be an M&M Sweet Sugar NBA Finals, baby, and I'm picking the Grizz to take down the Bucks. And that's right. That's what I've got. It's you know, big markets aren't going to like it, you know, but I, I'm feeling a Beale Street. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, cheese curd finals, man. And I think it's going to be the Morant Memphis Grizzlies who finally get to the mountaintop and lift the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the season. I'll leave it there. Let me know what you think about my predictions. I am very excited to get some feedback from you. Let me know where you think the Knicks are going to finish. Let me know who you think is going to be the NBA champion when it's all said and done until then have a great week stay safe and the next time i'll talk to you the nba season will be underway can't wait for it and i'll talk to you then see you all next time on the shock shock Knicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network